practice. It's all that people from what I can gather and, you know, yep. people doing, um, I don't know, demos and electronica and stuff like that. I haven't seen anybody in my genre or even close to it that's doing NFTs. Well, that, that could be exciting. Uh, <laughs> as you said, you could be the very first. You never know. <laughs> I've got um, I've got some uh, friends that know a lot more than me, uh, so we'll chat afterwards. But um, Fiona, I do believe we uh, we're probably live. All things going well in this wonderful world of digital. But um, cheers, cheers! Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, lovely to have you. Thank you. Mm. So, ladies and gents. Thank you for joining us on Naked Passion Podcast. We have the inimitable, fantastically talented Fiona Joy Hawkins joining us from her. Uh, is that your home studio there? Um, this is my office. This is this is the office of Little Hartley Music. <laughs> and I it's love night time it. here. It's seven it. o'clock. So um, hopefully, yeah, I don't know what you can see behind me, but it's a pretty messy office. No, no, perfect. Uh, a lot better than my room anyway, but uh, that's that's fantastic. So I did see um, a few of your uh, YouTube videos, and before we sort of dive deep into that, um, your piano is stunning, absolutely stunning. Beautiful, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's a Stuart and Sons. So do you, do you want to tell us, I guess, first and foremost, a little bit about that? Yeah, it's Stuart, made by um, Wayne Stewart, who's an Australian. He's actually from Tasmania. And it's using um, Tassie Hewan pine wood, so which makes it kind of pretty special. It's the second one that he ever made, and it has 97 keys and a different tuning system, and it's got four pedals. So it's a really unusual piano to play, and it's a nine-foot concert grant in a normal wow. house. So, yeah. <laughs> and it's not a recording studio here. So it's actually quite hard to record it because there's just so many noises outside, you know, people mowing the lawn and dogs and um, it's not set up to record. But it is yeah. an incredibly beautiful piano and I'm you know, pretty blessed to have it. So how do, let's touch on the setup then, Fiona. How do you go about uh, uh, recording on that grandiose piano that you have there? Well, you start by getting uh, a lot of queen-size mattresses and <laughs> bringing them in and lining the walls it's Perfect. huge and I've done it a number of times and you you literally just turn turn the piano room into like a tent city and you've got duvets and pillows and stuff absolutely everywhere to try and sort of trap the noise because it, a noise it'll sort of go round and round and round and um, you want to actually deaden the room so it's yep. a bit tricky and because also you can hear birds outside and crickets you know what Australia's like trying to get rid of the yeah. <laughs> yeah nice but I have Perfect. done it a few times. It's not it's not ideal, and mostly yeah. I record in recording studios. But um, but it's yeah to have such a beautiful piano here. It's a shame not to record it at some stage. Unreal. Do you have do you get to have many sort of I guess what do you call it like house gigs, garden yeah. gigs? Yeah, yeah, house concerts, little soirees. I've done that a lot because I feel like I need to share the piano. You know, when when you've got something that's that special and that unique. Yep. You want people to hear it. So and I could fit 25 people in with sort of, you know, squashing. And, and we do house concerts here and we've done quite a few. That's a lot of nice. fun. That's awesome. That's unreal. And and what do you do for, do you, do you who, who does the dinner then if you're, uh, if you're supplying the entertainment? Uh, my husband, he helps out and everybody brings a plate and everyone brings wine and they all sit down there and they have a drink and half time we do a bit of a top up and it's always, <laughs> it's always lovely. And it, they fill up instantly. Like I've got a mailing list of about 70 people and I just send it out once. <laughs> and the first awesome. 25 people to reply come to the concert. It's just, you know, it's it's great. I love it. It's so much fun. They're great people. When's the next one? Uh, you got one scheduled coming up? No, I don't. We've had COVID and I just kind of, yeah. I don't know. I mean, the, the world's changed. You know, at the moment I'm scrambling to yep. find a way to record remotely so because if I don't have a piano and I can't go to a studio that's got a piano because normally I'm recording in the US at imaginary road studios or um, with Cooking Marine Co in San Francisco so what I've had to do is find a local place that I can go record a keyboard send the MIDI file over to Europe because there's like very few of these player pianos in the world the piano plays the MIDI file there's nobody there it's just like you know, like a wow. ghost playing the piano. The piano plays it 
and then they capture as an audio file, they actually record the piano and then they send it back to me. So I've played it in the first place, but it's come back as a piano file. And that's that to me, I just discovered that last week and I'm so excited. Oh, wow. That's awesome. That's <laughs> yeah. a game changer. That's a game changer. <laughs> yeah. So- you you brought up COVID. Let's uh, let's let's cross the beast while it's here. How was um, uh, I'd imagine I won't assume, but how how was that sort of impacted? Um, I guess your entire being and life and career and and all sorts. Oh, I used to tour in China. <laughs> so wow, yeah. I mean, go figure. So that's kind of gone because they don't they don't really like us. Um, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll leave that alone. But yeah, fair enough. Like but yeah. yes, I've toured China five times, and, and the last time I went, I went for a whole month, and I was playing wow. in concert halls bigger than the Sydney Opera House. And you just, all you have to do is have a beautiful dress. You've got to send them photos of the dresses that you're going to wear. Really? Oh, God bless, isn't that beautiful? And then so you walk <laughs> on stage looking absolutely fabulous, and um, yeah, you play, and it's full of people that love piano, and and that's it. And it's just, it's great. I actually, really love touring China, but that's that's gone. So. Yeah, okay. Yeah, fair enough. Um, no, so there's no touring. There's, there's, no me, touring there's no right touring. now. I don't play, you know, pubs and clubs. I'm playing theatres and, and yep. it's kind of not happening. How, how is the scene? Um, uh, I did hear you say in my um, quick little, you know, research little period, um, you mentioned that um, there's different classifications of of the type of music that that you specialize in, depending on who you speak to, and and so specifically, yeah. yeah, yeah. In Australia, uh, the word "new age" is kind of a dirty word. I'm, I still can't <laughs> figure out why. I just I'm not quite sure why it is. Yep. So, but but I am, you know, like if I enter my album into the Grammys, it's new age. I have a song on a Grammy winning um, album in new age. Um, can we hang on sorry because uh, because um you strike me as quite um uh, uh someone with a lot of humility so i don't want to gloss over that can you just repeat that last sentence for me i just want to make I sure had, that i caught that one i had a song on yeah. many albums so i didn't win a grammy it wasn't like grammy but i just wrote <laughs> one of the songs that was on on it but it was you know it was new age and if i enter one of my albums which has not won a grammy yet um, yes then it's in going into new age However, yep. um, I am also neoclassical. So, but we've got this thing called chart metrics, which is this international way of ranking musicians. And it's a horrendous thing because it takes into account all of our social media, how many people like us, how many people. It's ridiculous. But it also <laughs> takes into account, you know, things like Pandora, Spotify Tidal, um, Amazon, Apple Music, and what our audiences are and how, you know, how much we get played as well. And um, in that ranking system, it, um, it, you know, it takes all of that into account. So you have to sort of, you have just have to get into, into all of that. And, um, and it says that I'm new age and I'm neoclassical and I'm ranked in those categories. So. Yeah. What what do you what do you prefer? What if, if you could uh, um, pick your choice of I guess labeling for lack of a better word? What what would you prefer? Celtic New Age, oh, Celtic New Age, cross neoclassical. I guess because oh, I am like a lot of what I don't know. A lot of what I do is Celtic as well, and I feel sometimes that those genre classifications are really pigeonholing us, and to some degree, if if. If somebody says, who do you sound like? What do you do? Instantly there's a pigeonhole and an expectation. And in yeah. some ways, if you sound like somebody else, you don't have a career. You don't have a unique defining style. So that works for you and against you because it's the hardest thing ever to have a unique defining style because radio doesn't know where to put you. They don't know where to play you. Yeah. But if you don't have a unique defining style, and you do fit neatly into some category, then then you don't have a you don't have a career. You're never going to create and leave a legacy, you know, because <laughs> you sound yeah. like someone else. So yeah. it's kind of a double edged sword. Um, so the whole you know genre classification thing, it's such a discussion, and it can go round and round and round in circles for hours. Take me back to how did this all begin for yourself? Um, I, I'd imagine you were born with talent, but but perhaps not at the uh, extent that you have today. Um, I was eight years old when, well, actually, um, my mother was 17. So 
<laughs> and like, I know that was one of the questions. So my yeah. grand, my grandmother moved in with a 100-year-old German iron frame piano and I fell madly in love with it. And everybody says that musicians are mathematically minded. Now, I, I don't think I am at all, but I was really yeah. good at jigsaw puzzles and kind of, I don't know, just to me, Music was like a jigsaw puzzle. So my mum showed me the staff and stave and she said, okay, so there's the F and there's, there's where the notes are on the piano and here's where they are on the manuscript. And to me that was just a giant jigsaw puzzle and I just put it together and I taught myself for at least in six weeks. Wow. And, and they said, um, I think I think we better take it for some lessons. <laughs> yeah. So I went for lessons, but all I ever really wanted to do was to write my own music. So, But I had to, I had to learn classical music in order to be able to do that so that was where I started from the age of eight wow and was it did you was it just a continuation on from there or, or you know did I, it come in and out of season for you a little I bit at the beginning stopped. or I stopped yep. to have a family and you know a marriage and follow someone else's dreams and career around the world until yep. eventually at the age of 38 I went into the recording studio for the first time I'm 58 now so I've been doing this for 20 years Awesome. And I went into the question for the first time, and um, and I don't I don't know what would have happened if I'd done it earlier. I don't know whether I would have been ready for it. Sometimes life gives you the stories that you need to write music about because it's art. It's all about the ups and the downs, you know. And yeah. life and maturity and experience gives you the subject matter. So. If I'd sort of done it when I was in my twenties, would I have just been, you know, some kind of ditzy kid trying to? I, I don't know. I don't know whether, yeah. you know, whether I did the right thing waiting or not. But that was what happened, and um, I feel like I've just been going as fast as I can to, to make up for lost time. That's brilliant. Well, it seems to have worked out pretty well for you, Fiona. So uh, I wouldn't lose any sleep over that. Um, <laughs> let's. Uh, you've mentioned that. So, in the spirit of transparency, I, I sent Safi. Uh, an email prior uh, requesting uh, two truths and a lie. Shoot me yeah. two truths yeah. and a lie and I'll, I'll have a stab in the dark. Um, <laughs> there's a couple there I think you mentioned. So uh, the I'll just bring them back up now. Um, but you mentioned, I'll read the two truths and a lie and uh, see if I can work it out um, with my problem-solving skills. Uh, so we've got um, three statements. My mother was 17 when I was born. Uh, my grandfather, Captain the Australian soccer team against South Africa, and I won a Grammy. Um, I'm going to give the tick uh, uh, to the Grammy, um, and I'm going to so process elimination. I'm going to go that, uh, goodness gracious, I'm going to, I'm going to say there's a tricky one here. I'm going to say you, your mother was 17 when you were born. And I'm going to have a guess that your grandfather did captain the Australian soccer team, but it wasn't against South Africa. Okay, so the lie is the Grammy because oh. I, I didn't win the Grammy. I just had a song on a Grammy album. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Technicality. And everybody you, thinks you I've won it. a Grammy and it's always in the media, you know, Grammy winner. <laughs> it's like, um, actually, no, I just had a song on it. But the year that that happened, we didn't have anyone in Australia that won a Grammy. There were no Grammy winners. So I was like the story because I had a song on a Grammy winning album. So suddenly you know, the ABC, I was like, they had bad line. You don't want a Grammy, but I didn't. <laughs> well, uh, it's, it's a great headline for uh, for people to, to, you know, supposedly get a little bit wrong, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> but yeah. my grandfather did captain South Australian um, soccer team against South Africa twice. And wow. he played in the same um, professional A-grade soccer team as my father and they went down in soccer history as the first father and son in Australia in um, A-grade soccer to play. Same wow. They're just so, a family of superstars, eh? Yeah. So, and his nickname, this is, now this is really weird. His, his nickname was Sonia, Sonia Heaney, um, because there was an ice skater called Sonia Heaney. So my grandfather had a style of playing soccer that was very sort of like ballet. And one time, yeah. um, apparently at the, at the World Cup, one of the guys that was doing the commentating, um, it, was, it was in between games, and he said, oh, you know, I'll never forget 
you know, this time that, that um, I was watching the soccer years and years and years ago and the most amazing thing I ever saw was Sonia Henry. He was, you know, to watch him move was just like watching, you know, watching ballet. It was incredible. And whenever I get reviewed playing the piano in a concert, they say that I have a, a balletic style of playing because I do this whole kind of like this, you know, with my hands. So, yeah, I was, yeah go figure. <laughs> wow. That's brilliant. Just the universe playing her... Uh... Yeah. Playing her cards again. Um, look, you've got a. I want to touch on your painting, Fiona. I'm, I'm, I'm oh, quite. Uh, There's one yeah, in the background what, there, actually. Yeah. So talk, talk to me about that. When did you first get into painting? Um, I, I loved art my whole life. I was always one of those yeah. kids that had, you know, set of coloring in pencils, and I was, you know, just always doing design and color and and you know graphics and stuff like that. So, um, so I started. I, I decided when my kids went to school that I needed a career and I thought I'd become an artist. So I started painting and I had um, had some exhibitions and I did one at David Jones in Sydney and I, you know, I had all sorts wow. of things happening. And then um, one day I had this epiphany and I thought, I can actually combine music and art. I could, I could write some music and I could record it and I could actually put the manuscript on, you know, into the paintings and it could be like going to an installation, you know, where you've got music everywhere so so I did that wow. and um I ended up you know like I, I took down 500 names for people that would just like my whole album when I recorded one which I didn't have and <laughs> so a pre-sale essentially somehow or other somebody from Holborn Music discovered this little recording that I had of, I think I had three songs on it and they said yeah we'll have that thanks I'll have your next five albums and and it just took off. And so clearly my music was better than my art. <laughs> Brilliant. And I called my mum and I said, oh, mum, look, I sold, you know, I sold half my paints, but you're not going to believe what happened to my music. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's unreal. Yeah. Okay. So what, what's happening today, Fiona? What's, what, I mean, what you've got, COVID's interrupted everything. Uh, it's the rain outside. Yep, lovely. What's what's the uh, I guess what's the most exciting thing happening in your world at well, the I've, moment? I've discovered um, the back garden because oh, yeah. lovely <laughs> because we we sort of live in a house that's kind of up high. I call it a tree house because we look out on the trees, and I just hardly ever went down to the backyard apart from just to get a, a lemon off off the lemon tree. And during COVID. I think, like most people, um, you just get a little bit bored and a little bit flat and a little bit. So we've got a dog. Yeah. So now I pretty much live in the backyard. <laughs> yeah. I've got yep. this gorgeous, gorgeous dog. I won't let him in because he'd jump up and he'd have his nose right there. <laughs> um, he's he's really lovely. So that's one of the greatest things that's happened that's come out of COVID for me is the dog. The backyard, and then and then we built the equivalent of Stonehenge because we decided that we'd build a stone fireplace, and it's like huge. But we've had a great time doing that. That's um, awesome. So so my life is very local, very at home, and now I've I've learned how to um, record and, and do music remotely from home as well. So that's so good. That's that's uh, yeah, such a game changer. That, that's that one. adapting. It's about yeah adapting. yeah yeah e exactly. Um, okay, so in, in the, I guess I'm I'm really intrigued over because whenever whenever you're you're the center of your own I guess being you sort of have different perspectives from everyone else as outsiders looking in right so um, through everything that you've you've succeeded in so far what what would you class as I guess uh, either your biggest win or something that sort of stands out for you as or, or even a couple what what sort of stands Not out even. for you. Um, I mean, okay, so the moments I love the most is that moment at the piano where I discover a new set of notes or a new rhythm or, and it's something that really, really gets me and really excites me and it, and it just drives me to finish that piece of music. That's what I love. And I love those moments in the recording studio where you've got a session musician and they just do something and you just sit there and you just got tears running everyone's just sitting there in the studio watching and it's just one of those you know amazing amazing moments that's that's what I really love but I think the biggest achievement um, apart from playing it kind of three times 
<laughs> yeah, perfect. That's brilliant. Is is actually being asked, like I've won so many IMA awards, Independent Music Awards, which is the, the US international one under the Grammys. Yeah. Um, so probably the same as the Music Oz Awards, but I've, I've won quite a few times and they asked me to present the awards. That was so much fun. That for me, that was an achievement. That was great to actually present awards. Was Yeah, that was a highlight. Who, 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 um, who, who's some of your, I guess, idols in the space or who would you consider, you know, who are you a fan of, I, I guess? Uh, George Winston. Yep. George Winston was doing, when I was 19 years old and I lived in San Francisco, I heard George Winston and it just, it just made, made my heart stop because that was what I wanted to do that was what I thought that I could do he's a he's a more sort of masculine version of what I do he's more kind of circular in his writing but but I listened to him and I thought I think I can do this and I'm his biggest fan ever 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 um but but he was what really switched me on to the possibility that I could I could actually do what I believed and thought that I could do you know, because you, 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 yeah. you don't want to put your big toe in the water in case you fail. And then you hear somebody else doing it and you think, wow, that's so awesome. And that was George Winston. Yeah. Um, I love Ludovico and Audi. Um, I, love so, I love so many of the other musicians in this genre. And yet, and I love Emma as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Do you, um, uh, do you get to play sort of every day do you want to play every day like how does that sort of uh, so how do you go COVID, about that when COVID first started um because I was in a studio touring yeah I did live stream concerts from my piano there and I got all the gear and I kind of learned how to how to put together a good live stream and I think I did something like 60 live streams in that first year wow. and uh, I think I, I, I did <laughs> and then I stopped. And, you know, I don't think I've practised since. I'm writing music, but there's a different headspace between writing music and practising for concerts. I don't think I've done a practice session since. I'm actually really out of practice. If I had to do a concert, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> but I'm writing madly. So um, at least my fingers are still moving, which is great. Can you talk? Okay, so talk to me about the different headspace then as far as, Obviously, practicing, rehearsing, is that more of an analytical? And, and I mean, I won't assume, but, but what's talked to me more about what that sort of means as far as the different headspaces? One's technical and one's creative. You know, it's, it's the, the yin and the yang. And they're, they're yeah. totally different headspaces. You have to separate them. You can't mix the two in the same session at the piano because, you know, the, the only time that you get to mix the creative with the the business brain because you know like yeah. you think of the left and the right is when you do an interview of some sort to be honest because then you've got to be creative because everyone's more interested in the creative process you've got to have a business mind because you've got to think what am I actually saying here? <laughs> <laughs> but, but with the piano I, I never put the two directly together and I try not to be um, re recording an album and doing a concert series at the same time because it's actually does your head in Wow, that's that's really intriguing. That's awesome. Um, so when you're, and this is, I guess, from my own selfish, curious point of view, when when you are in that creative space, do you have like, are you are you just writing and exploring for the sake of exploring your emotions? Do you have an outcome? I'm writing this towards. I want to find a song. I want to write an album. What does that sort of process, I guess, um, look I'm like a for you? conceptual writer so I have to have subject matter and yep. a storyteller so I've got to have something to write about but every now and again I've got a deadline <laughs> and that's when your classical training comes in and you think okay all right I know I, I've got enough musical chops here and enough skills and enough classical training I can put this together without having a creative moment you know like yep, without yep. Having, having something that just sort of comes from some other place, which is what you hope for, but it doesn't always happen like that. Um, but I, I do like to work when I've got that, I don't know, that magic happening. Where I, just, I have nothing else on. I get up, I walk around the garden, I pat the dog, I have coffee, I sit down, I write music, and, and I'm just in that really creative zone. I, I hate having to do it because I've got to finish something. Yeah, so I like to have something to write about. 
a theme or you know a story or somewhere a theme there's always yeah. something behind my songs what's your um you may not have one feel free to list 12 um but what and this this may you know some may fall in and out of season for you i guess but um do you have a a piece and or a song uh that you've written that sort of stands out or i guess do you have any favorite songs um that you've written yeah i do i do actually because I don't listen to my own music very often, but if I had to listen to my music, he said, I'm going to make you listen to your own music. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It'd be a couple of songs that I, that I would choose and, and it would be limited. There were some, be some that I just would not listen to. I just would go, la, 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 la. <laughs> That's so interesting. Why, why is that? I don't know. And they're not necessarily everyone else's favourite. That's the weird thing. One is Contemplating yeah. with Luca Bloom. You yeah. know the Irish singer Luca Bloom? I haven't, not yet, but yeah, I will so definitely go and explore that afterwards. Yeah. yeah, so Contemplating and Calling Earth, which is on Signature Synchronicity. Yeah. They would be the two songs that I could just listen to the detail and go, you know, as if it's somebody else's song. I think, wow, I really like this. This is great. But most of most of my songs, and I like um, Tolling of the Fire Bell as well. So I like the more neoclassical stuff than, than straight new age. That was my next question. What what do you, is, is there is there any consistencies in those um, pieces that, that do you think grabs you, or, or, or you know, a more direct question, I guess, would be what what is it? Do you think that sort of um, stands out for yourself and, and is the appeal? Well, I think um, Calling Earth and Tom the Firebell are more sophisticated. Um, so Story of Ghosts would be like one of my favourite albums because it is really sophisticated. It's really raw and more sophisticated. Um, mistakes through it, the hidden mistakes. I can hear mistakes, but I love that. I actually love that because I know what I was going through when I recorded it and I know how raw and, you know, I was going I was going through hell, you know, I couldn't sleep. Yeah. And then I turn up at the recording studio, scratching my head, thinking, oh, what am I playing? Where am I? What am I? And I just sit down and pour my heart out. And what came out was what um, was what you got. And so I actually still love listening to that album. So uh, yeah, but there, but there are other, like my first two albums, I, I hate them. They're horrible. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> my what second if- album has got more plays on Spotify than any, I, in fact, at one stage, I thought, I don't want that representing me. And I took it off, I took it off Spotify. My biggest yeah, right. tracks off Spotify, gone. And then I, I thought, oh, geez, I better put it back on. So I went and had it remastered. So it was just softened and had the edge taken off it because I thought it was a bit brutal. And then yeah. I put it up again and it's bloody hell, the songs are right up the top again. And I, <laughs> I don't even want anyone to listen to them. <laughs> wow isn't that interesting i guess the market is the market eh? But, the market um... the market you know and, <laughs> and the more simple stuff that people can connect with is what they connect with and i look at it and go well hang on a minute that's just basic i can do better than that but they don't necessarily want deep and meaningful so yeah okay yeah 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 okay fair enough the, the mass audiences do just want you know they just want something that they can connect with and identify with and understand that's piano music and has a melody um have you got uh um i guess whether it be a support network around you or fellow musicians that you sort of vibe with and and seem to um find yourself working with more often than not yeah i've been fortunate to uh work with some amazing people in the u.s which you know obviously may not for a while um, so I've learnt this this craft, I guess, from from Will Ackerman, and um, I've been very very blessed with that because when I first went to Imaginary Road Studios, my first three albums had been done on the keyboard. I hadn't even recorded on a piano. So I went over wow. to Will's, and I d- it's a different world. An acoustic world is different to the MIDI world, and um, and it was a big learning curve for me. I'd never had a session musician in. In, in the way that, that they record. So um, so I learned so much from Lackerman and I remember saying to him, I really, really want to be a producer. And he just looked at me and said, look, Fiona, I've worked with 
hundreds of people, because there's a family who didn't know records, which is still probably one of the biggest boutique labels in the history of music, massive. And yeah. um, instead, I've worked with a lot of people, and there's only two that I would think that were. No, actually, this was one that was good enough to be a producer. And um, and then at the end, at the end of the album, when we were at Bob Ludwig's in Portland, we were mastering the album. He turned around and just looked at me and went, "And you're the other one." <laughs> That's so awesome. <laughs> So I, I learnt my, my Wyndham Hill um, aesthetics from, from Will Ackerman. Wow. Yeah, yeah, so very, very lucky about that. But with, in terms of business, no, nobody, I've muddled through and made every mistake in the world and worked all by myself by making mistakes. <laughs> no, no help with any of that. <laughs> What's... Um... What, what do you think is, uh, I guess, one of the lessons that sort of stands out to yourself? You're like, I'm glad I made that because now I know this. Like, is there anything that you've sort of gone, gosh, that was um, something? <laughs> I, I, think, I think the biggest lesson is be a musician first. You know, put the music first. Put out the best music that you can put out. Have integrity with the music because I've seen oh, there are a lot of people out there that have got okay music, brilliant marketing brilliant business skills, brilliant in IT. And they're huge, they're massive, but they're not, they're not creating or even a legacy. As a minute they yeah. stop going, no, it's going to crash. Whereas there are other people that are brilliant, brilliant musicians and they don't have that ability and they're not doing so well, but their music will still be there. So I'd like to think that somehow I might be in the middle and that I might have enough skills at both just to, you know, to stay competitive and carve out a little spot for myself just, just to be viable as a full-time musician. I That's like brilliant. It. <laughs> what, what's, um, what's, what sort of in the music space? Have, have you put much? Uh, it's, it sounds like you've, um, I guess, taken a breath and really enjoyed, you know, being at home and and you know, tending to the garden, um, a, a beautiful dog, um, all that sort of stuff as well. Have you had an opportunity to think of sort of what's What's sort of next? What's what's the next sort of chapter for yourself? Well, you know, there's things I still want to explore, like NFTs, um, felted piano, um, and I'm still working and I'm still being creative. And if ever I got invited back to China, I'd be there in a heartbeat. But yeah. I just don't see that happening. I don't. I don't want to do all the couch surfing that you have to do with touring in Australia. I will yeah. never apply for a grant in this country ever again because it's a giant, massive waste of time and it's an absolute insult to your ability. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I'm not applying for grants. I don't want to tour here. Um, very little support in Australia, which means, you know, will I have to figure out a way to work remotely. Will, will I tour overseas again? Maybe. But I'm 58, you know, like, I'm at stage now where I'm on a flight business class. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Or on a musician's budget, you know, how's that going to work? <laughs> yeah. Have you, um, you've done, especially in COVID, you mentioned the 60-odd uh, live streams. Have you put yeah. um, much thought to, you know, the idea of potentially um, virtual concerts, you know, um, and... and um. Ten dollars a person or something like that. I'm not sure. I'm going to have to get back to it. I'm going to have to. But this little break to have the dog and and play tennis and, and spend some time in the backyard. It's it's been really lovely. But I do at some point need to get back to practicing that piano and doing live concerts. And I think I'll probably um, probably do them on Bandcamp, I guess, and sell yep. tickets. I did them on Facebook for a while when everything was free. And sure, I had millions of people watch over the, the course of the 60 concerts and, and it was really lovely but it was costing me to put those concerts on you know people could donate and they were every you know but I had somebody in um, Los Angeles you know chatting to everybody and then I had somebody here doing the camera and it ended up costing me so I need to find I think I, I think I got burnt out 60 concerts is a lot that's a lot yeah. you know yeah. when you've got to do the tech and everything Mm-hmm. So I will get back to it and I will practice my repertoire. And, uh, yeah, I've had some and, time. Um, yeah, and fair enough. 
you mentioned NFTs and and I I, I can't recall what stage just the, this sort of come in. We were talking about NFTs prior. Um, obviously, it, it's a new idea. Um, yeah. You know, the, the back end and the smart contract element of it, uh, the technology is, yeah. it's just, it's going to change the world. Uh, you know, my limited understanding of it is, uh, it's, it's huge. Um, Blockchain technology. Yeah, they, everybody says how brilliant it is, but nobody's actually worked out how to use it. That's the problem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, like they're yeah. saying that it's, it could be a way for song identification. And all the brilliant minds in the world, and I know some of these people, are working on how this can work. You know, we've got ISRC codes, we've got all these different codes and all these different registrations that we do with ourselves. But, you know, there's got to be some way with, um, with using that technology. Nobody can find a, a real way to, to make it work. You know, NFTs, are they working? I don't, I don't know. I don't know mm-hmm. from what I've seen. It's pretty hit and miss. It's the wild west. You can get incredibly ripped off. Um, yep. Until I put my big toe in the water and actually upload my first um, song, I, I won't be sure. I can't tell you. But I, I, I found it very interesting, just the whole process of how it works. You know, like you have to, it's, it's a different language. It's a different banking system. And it's really quite, um, it's, it's not for the faint-hearted. Yeah. Anything new, especially when it comes to technology, uh, I, I can barely bloody stream Google cast my <laughs> bloody laptop. You know what I mean? So I've been uh, um, attracted to the space, but it's definitely been a, a steep learning curve yeah. uh, for myself. Yeah. Um, do you, and again, I'll just spitball on the fly here, I guess, Fiona, do you, do you have any idea on uh, how many sort of art pieces or painting pieces that that you have at the moment? Um, I don't have a lot of art. I've sold most of what I painted. I wouldn't use art for NFTs because that's more about a digital image, um, which I suppose I could take digital. But see, if you take a digital image of the art, you can't sell it for painting because somebody else can photograph it. So what I will use it for, see, there's, there's the whole thing. People don't understand the IP side of it. Mm. Um, what I use it for is for songs. So you still own your your intellectual property in your song. You've registered your song, you own the writing in it, you collect on that, you do your master recording, you release it through um, you know, title and, and Apple Music and Spotify, but you do a single recording that you will never ever use and you sell that. And that's what you're selling. It's a one-off. And it's the same with photographs. So people can, yeah. can take a photograph and manipulate the art, graphic art, and they're selling that. That can never be sold again. They might do five different colorways in it and sell each one. So it's really finding its own place and finding its own sensibility. And I'm not really seeing the sensibility in it yet. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's so early. Um, there's yeah. an author, um, I believe it's Mark Manson. What was his huge book was it the subtle art of not giving a fuck i believe yeah so he he's <laughs> trialing something yeah i was i was like and I everybody say needs to read that book can i say i haven't read it i haven't read it is it is, <laughs> so it comes recommended he, he's um he's trialing something uh in the nft space yes um he's actually i'm not sure if you saw it but he's looking at uh, breaking down his book into quotes and then uh, essentially selling the individual quotes from his book as How's NFTs. How is he going to do that? How is he going to do that? Because where's the where's the value? Because it's not a one-off. He, is he going to take a photograph of that quote, like so that and, and sign it, and then sell that? Because I don't understand. See that the whole intellectual property side of it is um, demanding, actually. So he and here's where it gets interesting because um, people are just used to, I guess, the profile pick side of NFTs. Yeah. You know, um, silly cartoon pics that are selling for hundreds of thousands of dollars. I shouldn't say oh, silly; that's very ridiculous. flippant of me. Um, uh, but Mark, because we're on first name basis, obviously, but he's trialing something interesting. I I'm not a hundred percent across it, 
Um, yeah. But I believe he's, as far as the individual quotes, whatever he's selling, yeah. he's giving away, not giving away, but he's sharing commercial rights, meaning uh, if someone mints a specific phrase uh, or sentence or however he's divvying it up, for example, they could then go ahead and um, sell a bunch of hoodies with the quote on their hoodie. Ah, so he's selling it for purpose. Got you. Okay. Yes. That's, and yeah. so, okay. So it's qualifying the, the, the usage. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. And this is what's the really interesting part is because we're on day one of NFTs, it's the utility element where at this point in time, because we've just taken our first step, really the only ceiling is our creativity or what we believe, um, you know, we could uh, have as the utility. Um, so the smart contract, the contract side of things, that just makes sense. Yeah. You know, in 10 years, it'll be leases, it'll be gym passes, it'll be it'll everything. It'll be all sorts of things. And you will just qualify the usage and that will become part of the blockchain. So what I, what I was thinking of doing, yeah. and everyone said, oh, no, you can't do that. Yes, you can. I was, <laughs> I was thinking of recording just a, an improvisation and then just selling it and it's your... Not only is that recording yours, but you can have the intellectual property. You can upload that to Spotify and have a go at being a musician, put your name on it, do whatever you want with it. But you know, pay me eight thousand dollars. Yeah, <laughs> 5, okay. Five thousand yep. minimum. Yeah, and, and do yep. that rather than just selling a recording. But but then my son, who's a bit of a um, cryptocurrency expert. <laughs> he said, but mum, they want to, they'll be buying it because they want Fiona Joy Hawkins. So if you take that away and give it to them and let them put their name on it, is that necessarily what they want? So this is the sort of thing I've got to test. Yeah. You know, have you, what have you looked? Go on, sorry. You know, to find out what they're interested in and what a potential market for me would be. And a potential market for me would be very different to say a rapper who's super, super famous, got millions of fans. They just want a piece of that wrapper. But maybe yeah. somebody doesn't want a piece of, of, of me. They don't want, you know, my name. Maybe they really do want to have a go at being a musician. I need a bit of music that they can put their name on. Maybe. Interesting. There's, there's a few, I mean, we could talk about this all night, but I mean, accessibility <laughs> for, you know, do you have a handful of like super fans that, that sort of um yeah, I do. File, they're, yeah. they're amazing, they're amazing. One of them started up a bank club. He's in Poland and oh my gosh, he's just the Hubert. Um, he might even be watching, I don't know if you can tell if there's it depends what time it is in Poland. Um he might catch a replay. It might be, yeah, three o'clock in the morning. But he he runs a fan club and it's just I look at it and I think, oh wow, these people are just amazing. <laughs> And they share everything I do. So, and it's, you know, it's really great because that is what gets your music out there. It's, mm -hmm. it's the people that believe in you that really get what you do and understand your music that, that help you to, to get it out there. And that's, that's so important. But I obviously don't have enough super fans because I'm this good. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that, and, but that's where the accessibility could come in. Um, in that, to your point, here's a bit of music you can have for for eight thousand dollars, and I hope we're talking US prices here, Fiona, because that's course. pretty cheap. Uh, well, ether. Of course, it's converting from ether, of course, to US dollars. A hundred percent, hundred percent. I admit that's the floor price. Um, yeah. But yes, you could have this little bit of music, uh, and maybe um, a, a FaceTime where I can play you your bit of music yes. live or, or whatever yeah. else. Maybe fifteen minutes, half an hour. Yeah. So as far as that access side, all of things, sorts could... of add-ons. Um, speaking of add-ons, YouTube have just given us—it's still in beta—a way oh. to monetize our YouTube channels, and we um, we can now have um, memberships so people can join. I mean, in the past oh. they've subscribed to our YouTube channels, but then they can join our YouTube channels, and so we set the prices, we set the perks, um, and it's really that's really interesting. So you can start to qualify what people get for each amount of money that they spend in here. Um, yeah, so sorry, I just thought of that. We that's awesome. About add-ons. <laughs> yeah, yeah, huge. Okay, I haven't, I haven't heard of that. Looked into that. Yeah, yet. I, I, haven't, um, I haven't seen anyone else in in my genre do it yet. Um, yeah. Usually, I'm usually the the, um, 
person that puts their head on the chopping block. <laughs> <laughs> the, the pioneer. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Okay. Um, so this is one of my favourite questions, uh, and, and I don't recall. This is the. Uh, it's my favourite question. No, no, of course not. But I don't recall where I bloody heard it from. Um, but the question goes a little something like, uh, "What's one thing you wish you knew uh, before starting your journey um, that you know now?" Do you know I wrote a letter to myself? I went and did one of these, you know, these courses that you do. Down to the self betterment course, and they said yeah. that can you write a letter to yourself now from your no, sorry, can you write a letter now to your younger self, and then we're going to mail it to you. And it's sitting up on the fridge, and I wish I had it down here right now because it's actually really interesting what I wrote. You know, all these things about how important sleep is. You know, see how sleep, make sure that you get your sleep right. Don't drink too much. You know, all these all these incredible things. But um, I don't know what what the one. That's a tough one. What do most people say? <laughs> Something well, deep and meaningful, obviously. Um, what would you say? What would I say? Wow. Uh, what would I say? Yeah, I like that. What? No one's ever done that before, Fiona. Well done. Um, what would I say? Um, probably just probably just take action is probably the, the biggest thing. I had a, a conversation with a, a lovely young gentleman at work this, uh, today, actually, at lunch. It was in around the idea of um, where he's going with his career and, and all that sort of stuff. And he had some reservations about not having it all figured out. Yeah. Um, and then I just reminded him, you're 21. Like no one has it figured out at 21. No. But when no. you take action in where you think you're going to go, then life will present another opportunity and you'll be able to pivot into that space. But if you don't take that initial first step, then that next opportunity won't um, show itself to you so probably just to take action would be my uh, advice to my younger yeah. self yeah yeah that, and that's a great one I, I think um also self-respect huge self-respect. I think we would all do a lot of the things that we get around to doing eventually a lot earlier if we had self-respect yep excellent and, and if you haven't got self-respect how do you how do you be of any use to anybody how do you achieve anything how do you put any value into the world if you don't have value in yourself i think i think it's um yeah one of those things that we need to really encourage everybody to have self respect and, and that doesn't mean being selfish because that's a very very different thing you know like you can't put yourself first all the time but to have self-respect and to believe in yourself is super, super important. so i probably do you think we're shying away from that as a, uh, as we, um, I guess, mature, at least in this country, historically, um, the, the new generations coming through, you know, there's a, do you think it's something we're shying away from? Just got distracted from my beautiful wife putting, poking her head in there. Sorry. So it's dinner ready. It's dinner ready. No, I think we got a snake. I'll have to jump out in a minute. <laughs> no, what sort of snake we, have you got? Uh, no, no. As in there's a, we got a couple of, smaller cats oh, she's good she's giving a thumbs up it's all sort of <laughs> so anyway we're, we're on the, um uh in brisbane but more in sort of west sides a lot of um uh you know open space and greenery and shrubbery so we have carpet pythons and oh, yeah. all sorts but um anyway that was quite a disruption um yeah apologize nice. for that i mean apparently yeah. in um queensland i was hearing there all those people that were up in their roof spaces with the floods that Something incredible, like one in so many houses has got a python snake in the roof. Like it was something yeah. like one in three or something ridiculous. Wow. And that's because that's where they live. In fact, yeah. I'm just going to show you this really quick. Please. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I break it. I've got to be careful. These are collected from my roof spaces. Yeah. Oh, wow. These are the, these are the, um, are yeah. they from your place? Yeah. Well, one of them is from the service station because we um, we have a, an old service station that we did up and um, we went out for various usages. And so one of these was in, in the kitchen and then the other one was in the roof space. So, yeah, so that's, um, yeah, pythons. Yeah, they're not small, I think Fiona. They are... pythons, yeah, and they're matching. So there you go. Wow. I'm hanging here because I actually really like snakes. 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What is it about the snakes that you, you you enjoy or you find intriguing? I don't know. I think they're very gentle. Um, obviously not browns yeah. or, or even yeah. black. <laughs> I yep. don't like browns or blacks, and I've had a few. I've had a few. Um, I've come across a few of them in my time. Have you? Little Hartley had a brown in the house, and you know, and, oh, horrible. But I, I think carpet snakes and little green tree snakes are lovely. Yep. Yeah. What wildly. Um, um, I guess misinterpreted as far as in nature. To your point, though, brown snakes, aggressive bastards, but um, outside Ooh, of that. And yeah, and black snakes, people say they're not aggressive. They can be really aggressive. So, what, yeah. what's <laughs> your worst experience with a snake? Um, I've had one come at me out of nowhere and I was carrying a feed bucket and I had to throw the feed bucket at it. But the worst one, <laughs> the worst one, we had a fence, right? And, and it's an electric fence, so you don't go over yeah. it. You're going to go under it. And there was actually quite a big gap. So I thought, oh, I'll just go under the fence here. So I went down and I'm coming like this and I'm coming up like this. And I get up and there it is right there, head looking at my face. And it's a bra- it's a black snake. And I went back, <laughs> back <under>. Wow. <laughs> and it's still there and I'm going, okay, I'm on the other side of the fence now. I'm, I'm just going really slowly. So I've had that and I've had a brown in the house and another car and, Little Hartley, there was lots of snakes. And then another time I, I had, because um, I had some netting, some bird netting that had come come down off one of the fruit trees. And I thought, yeah. what's in this netting? And I'm holding it up like this, and there's a proud snake in it. <laughs> oh, goodness. Yeah. I haven't, uh, I haven't a, had This is many. Australia. You've, you've really got to, got to learn to deal with snakes, you know, if you're going to live outside of Sydney. Yeah, exactly. I've only had sort of two. One was a brown snake, but it was across a path. You know, four meters ahead, I've gone. Oh, okay, well, there's a brown snake. Let's just walk somewhere else. Um, yeah, yeah th- there's another story which I won't actually tell. Oh. We'll t- I'll share it with you off there. Might oh, I love snakes. Said a few people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, uh, we'll, we'll throw it out there. Uh, apologies to the to the Peter lovers. That yeah, was, sorry. There's a lot of people that hate snakes, and and I've been told on my Instagram page, can you stop posting? Photos of spiders. So this was a couple of years ago. Can you please stop yeah. posting photos? Because I like spiders too. I find that intriguing. So what was what do you think was the reason to stop for someone to request? I don't know because I just find it fascinating. You know, and I've got, yeah. there's a lot of spiders here and huge spiderwebs and those great big tree spiders and they're all on the back deck and you know like they're just there and I'll just go out and talk to them yeah. and um, yeah they're quite happy. They don't. They don't yeah. find me. Um, but some people are arachnophobes and they just absolutely hate them and they don't want to see any spiders. So, wow. But please stop. I've, I, I've always found it intriguing uh, uh, people's requests for someone else to stop posting specific subject matter or topics. I just think you can scroll past it or you can unfollow. I, I don't understand that. But that's, uh, you know, who I have to... since learned that really only people only want to go to my Instagram page. So, yeah, I've, I've actually. <laughs> interesting yeah and, yep. and that's the truth yeah yep. <laughs> nothing else okay. yeah okay fair enough I put um, a photo what... of my dog up they don't care okay I put a photo of whatever um they're not interested they just want me playing the piano that's it yeah okay do you enjoy like how do you use Instagram social media like do you enjoy is it purely a thing to connect with your fans and community what's your sort of take on that I think social media, it's really sad that it's included in things like chart metrics and that we're actually ranked and weighted by our social media. It's a great way to connect with audience and that's how I look at it um, rather than just, you know, numbers and, you know, it's a great way to connect with people to um, to gather audience, to let them know that you've got a new song out or a new video or whatever. I was really lucky in that one year where I did 60 live stream concerts because now it's all about content and it's content to the point where nobody can keep up with it so i've got those 60 45 minute concerts and i can go through and chop them all up i had to learn how to use iMovie last year as well (laughs) Um, and i can chop them all up and i can release songs and snippets and bits and pieces for the next 10 years because i did did all those concerts so um yeah i'm good for social media i've got heaps and heaps of content i don't have to worry about that but I, I feel sorry for people that say, what are we going to post? What are we going to do? You know, it's hard to think of stuff. Yeah. 
I saw um, uh, you're on TikTok as well, which is another one of those. Oh, look, I just gave that a go. I thought, what? Look, everyone's talking about TikTok. <laughs> Why? <laughs> so I started doing it. I think I've got, I didn't start it that long ago, and I think I've got 160. I think it's a waste of time. It's, it's an interesting, and, and it's always tough trying to keep up with the new platforms and, and what's sort of hot and what's not. Yeah, um, I guess the only, I think you may find value in a, a gentleman by the name of Gary V or Gary Vaynerchuk. He, um, I'll send you a, a, a link to his stuff afterwards. But um, as far as, I guess, using social media as a tool for what it's supposed to be used for, he, he knows all the tips and hacks and that sort of stuff. And one of the main benefits of TikTok at the moment is the fact that uh, its organic reach is so strong. Um, so, yeah, so. As opposed, and you may find it yourself, like um, how long have you had Instagram for? Um, I've had Instagram, oh, gosh, I don't know, since 2015, and I've got 15.3 thousand. It's, it's all, I kind of pay for people to follow me. That's yeah. awesome. That's um, huge. But I do, I do reach out with quite targeted um, pieces to where I know my fan base is to um, to sort of get more more people in, like Italy. Yep. I might do it. You know, reaching out to people in Italy to get them to go and look at something or to sign up to my YouTube, you know. So I, I try and sort of link it together that way, but I don't, yeah, the whole numbers game, it's pretty, it's pretty silly, isn't it, that the value of you as an artist is based on those numbers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now you bang on. Um, and this is me, again, being selfish and curious, I guess, Fiona. But, um, <laughs> you've been on Instagram for, for eight-odd years, as you say, and you've had great success there. Um have you found, I guess, the organic reach when you post something, you know, five, six, seven years ago compared to today? Has has that sort of reach? Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Has it dropped? Has it? Yeah, I'll get hundreds and hundreds of people watching uh, a video now. Sometimes thousands. That's so, awesome. Yeah, so it, you know, it's it's growing. And it grows all by itself, and I think yeah, but. It's um, Instagram's weird too because everybody says you shouldn't be following. You shouldn't be following. You're supposed to unfollow somebody if they're not following you and all these kind of rules. I don't follow any of those rules. <laughs> I just put stuff up there. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's just a you know my you know a lot more than me, but it, it, to me, it's just a, a bit of a waste of energy worrying too much about what other people are doing and what the algorithm is doing. Um, it's how you reach out of, to your fan base and tell them what you're doing and that's all that matters, isn't it? Exactly, exactly. Um, I just thought of this question now and I'll be, I'll be curious. Sorry, I've got a rat in eyes. I've got cold today. It's not cold. Have you? Oh, I did a rat goodness. test that came back in the middle. Did you? Yeah, I think I'm good. Uh, <laughs> it's probably not COVID. Probably fine. It could be COVID, but yeah, I have yeah. got, no. I, I have you had have you had the um the spicy cough yet? No, I haven't. I don't I don't know what it would be. Again. I mean, I've had the two vaccinations and the booster, and yep. um, I mean, I've just I've just got a cough still running nose. So yeah, well, we'll be fine. I'll be fine. Is there um, if I were to say to you, is there a song that? That, that you love, that you wish you had written? Is, is there anything that sort of jumps out to yourself? Yeah, the theme song in the Titanic, I'll be rich. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and everyone Perfect. would know my name. No. <laughs> I just, yeah, I mean, just beautiful music like that, you know? It's just, it's, yep. it's... That's brilliant. Um, is there anything that, um, that 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 we've missed that you'd want to sort of make sure that we highlight or spotlight um, b- before we let you go tonight? No, uh, just maybe uh, high resolution music because I've been a big advocate of high resolution music, um, and I'm not I'm not huge with IT, even though I'm yeah. sort of looking at NFTs and stuff like that. I'm not I'm not like a really techie sort of person, but I really value high-resolution music because I think we sort of spent a lot of time listening on on your your phones to compressed music 
And I think it's really exciting that, you know, that we have new formats like DSD and, um, you know, that people actually recording on tape and doing all these amazing high resolution things and, and doing you know, six around sound, um, SACDs and that sort of thing. So that's, yeah, that's, to me, that's important, high resolution music. So, so let's, let's expand on that um, a, a little bit while, whilst we're here. What is high resolution music? Uh, high resolution music, in a technical sense, is it was considered forty four point one, which is record that CD quality was, but that's nuts. That's crazy. It's anything bigger than that. So you know, if you've got yeah. ninety six files, which is what you use to make vinyl, um, so so that that's what you'd use to make an SACD. Um, DSD is even bigger than that again, and tape is absolutely massive. So um, there's a whole pile of different formats that you've probably heard of, like black. And, um, there's, there's lots and lots of them. If you've got a band camp, they give you, I think, an option of six formats that you can download, which is really, wow. you just import, you know, one format and then they sort of, I don't know, I don't know how they do it. But, um, yeah, so without being a techie person and not being able to give you all the, the back end of it, <laughs> it's not sounds better, okay? <laughs> yeah, brilliant. There, there's, there's a there's a question. I keep thinking of these questions. Um, um, I don't want to tie you up too long, Fiona, but have you explored, um, I guess, the idea of recording in different frequencies at all? Um, you mean like tuning, different tunings in terms of frequencies, like instead of, um, you know, 440, four, four, maybe 438 or... Yes, yeah. I don't get it. I don't get that. I don't understand. <laughs> nor, nor do I, but I, I thought I'd... I, no, thought I'd I, I, I think that's that. a bit humorous for me. Yeah. I just know if I go on stage, right, yeah. and they've tuned that piano to 443 because the last person had an oboist, so that's what you're doing. <laughs> right, and I want it at 440, and then I go to play and sing, there's something wrong with that piano. Yeah, okay. Just doesn't feel right. Does not feel right if it's not 444, 41, and I'm going, there's something here, there's something odd, there's something wrong with this piano. So I don't know what 438 even feels like. But you just, and I don't know why people do it. I don't get it. I know the <laughs> binaural thing and this, you know, frequency and and it and it makes you feel relaxed and whatever, but I just haven't got it. Have you got any have you got any um uh, any standout? sort of live gigs that, that you've played previously that Carnegie you know, Hall. <laughs> the Grand yeah, yeah. Museum, the Jazz Museum in New Orleans, Carnegie Hall. Um yeah, I've yeah, I've had played at some great places. And I got to play in the Opera House for the Music Hall Awards. Yeah, right. Wow. Just one song. Yeah. What did you play? Contemplating. And I and I I did because um, I was the uh, classical winner the year previous. So I had an ACO violinist and I had a cellist and a Mongolian throat singer. Get <laughs> so, out. Yeah. So so the camera went up to this, you know, this, this little booth, right? And there he is, and he's in the Mongolian clothes and he came in and oh, you're doing all this Mongolian. It was awesome. It was just absolutely amazing I loved it but the problem the problem was that we did our sound check and everything was fine in the sound check right so I'm on stage and I'm singing and I'm doing harmonies with Becky who's playing violin and singing at the same time because we're a really weird group of musicians <laughs> and and I'm thinking oh this is sounding great harmonies are going really well singing away you know looking at the audience and I can hear myself singing in the in the monitors and it's not going out to the audience so all they're saying is me going, like oh, making, the, wow. making the, the, you know, the movements, but there's no sound coming out. And it's like, are you guys real? This is real. <laughs> come on. Come on. <laughs> anyway, it was, a, it was a good experience and apparently we were standing ovation, so probably just because we were older than everyone else, but <laughs> it was great. <laughs> they're That's all awesome. like 14, you know. Yeah, yeah, perfect, perfect. I'll be finding you on Instagram and TikTok, live streaming it and whatever else. Yeah, actually, now there's a thought, yeah. <laughs> That's how you find them, that you go to the Music Gods Awards. <laughs> yeah, these days. Um, Fiona, 
I want to thank you for uh, for sharing your story. This has been an absolute pleasure. Thank um, you. I've got one last question. Yeah. Um, well, two technically, but but one main one. Uh, if there was something that your um, fan club could help you with, uh, I, I guess he, here's your opportunity to be really, really selfish. What What's one thing that they could do that um, would just uh, brighten your life, I guess? Just share my music with, with somebody, with just with one other person, you know, say, hey, there's this musician that you might like and, um, you know, where do you listen to music? Spotify, do you listen to Pandora? Do you want... You'll find them there, go and have a listen. Just, just sharing the music. That's how you get it out there. It's, it happens one person at a time. Yep, nice. That's beautiful. Um, all right, Fiona. So, uh, where can people find you most importantly? Where, where is the best spot? Music. There's, there's, uh, there's no, you know, when you've got a digital aggregator these days, the, the music goes out everywhere that you find music. So, you know, if you put Fiona Joe Hawkins on Spotify or whatever, it's there. Please follow yeah. me. That really helps, you know, it helps to, um, yeah, that's yeah, lovely. Well, ladies and gents, do yourself a favour. Um, Fiona Joy Hawkins, find her on all the major uh, platforms, Instagram, Spotify, uh, YouTube, um, all sorts, SoundCloud. Bandcamp. And in the backyard now because I've just got And in the backyard. Um, brilliant. So I'll, we'll, we'll follow up, but I'd love to go to one of your uh, um, in-house um, concerts. So I'll have to join the mailing list and we'll go from there. Yeah, join uh, the mailing list. That's how you find Join it. the mailing list. What's, what's, the, what's the website? I just want to make sure I get that one right. Just go to FianaJoy.com and there's a mailing list you can sign up to there. So, yeah. Excellent. FianaJoy.com. Uh, Fiona, thank you once again. Enjoy the rest of your evening. Ladies and gents, we'll see you very shortly. Thanks, Fiona. Thanks. Bye. Thank you.